You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Oh, uh, hi ho neighbors. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Okay, I had to cover my mouth for that one because I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> well, you know, we were watching the Andy Griffith Show earlier this week because... Because um, we turned on our TV and we don't have cable and it was on some local station. It's on some local station that has, it has Bonanza, Gunsmoke, the Andy Griffith Show. And I get caught on the theme songs. I know. <laughs> I know, and we just sat there and listened to the theme song of the Andy Griffith Show. I know, and Melody's like, "Are you are you gonna turn this, or are you just gonna sit here?" I'm like, "I'm enjoying the music," <laughs> I, and I always get every time we turn it on, and there's like, it'll be like gun smoke, and I'll say bonanza, and you'll be like, "That's gun smoke." It's the rifleman. <laughs> or okay, rifleman. come on. I always get all those mixed up. <laughs> I was not born yet. All those great so. shows. I wasn't born either. I well, watched them. You know, you know, a young, I did too. A young boy who adored guns. I uh, watched them because my dad was watching them. Yeah, yeah. My dad still watches them all the time. It's funny. I know it's really funny. Well, what's funny is I go over there and I get sucked into watching it too. I sit down, I'm like, oh, the rifleman. But, and the acting is like they're they're overacting on all those shows. There's no, there's, that's real acting. Is it? <laughs> well, it's like very forced acting, you know? It's always so fun to go watch that stuff. That is not what we're talking about today, by the way. What? That's I not thought we were topic. doing like a whole... No, we're going to talk about me again. No, I'm a kidding. A whole <laughs> acting lesson on how to overact. Oh, this is episode 62 before we get too far into our bonanza right. of gun smoke. Everybody just grabbed a pen and wrote that down. Yep. <laughs> I feel like they did. Yeah they're, yeah, they're totally trying. We'll give it. you a second. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about this week? I don't know. We have we have <laughs> so much to talk about. Let me tell you, we have a I'm, lot to get into. I don't know. I'm still sitting here in my sweaty, nasty clothes from the run this morning, and I'm <laughs> freezing right now, which is funny because we keep our house at like 78, so it was like 98 when we were running. Oh, it was hot. No, it was 89. It I'm was, dyslexic. It was very hot. It was hot. And um, the humidity was like 65%, though. So the sweat, well, you look like you jump in a pool every time we go running. It's so funny. Drenched. Just totally Your shorts, I'm like, drenched. how are they even staying on you? They're so freaking wet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm crazy. still basically that sweaty in my clothes, sitting here. and yeah. That's because we got a lot to do today. I know, we do. We have some fun things to do. Mm-hmm. i got to install a, uh, a motor unit on a 1991 Mustang so the window works. Yeah, well, that's not that fun. <laughs> so, but we have something that people would be interested in as well. We we do. I'm going today to get a uh, a calcium scan. Calcium. Uh, well, let's see. Coronary artery calcium scan. Yes. The CAC. The CAC. So next time, hopefully, we'll have your score. Mm-hmm. And then for all those people who say. 
but you don't know what's going on on the inside. You're going to die in 10 years. Okay. We get yeah, that all great. the time. Yeah. I always hate that. I'm like, that's like the rudest thing you can say to somebody. I don't go to somebody's post and go, talk to me in 10 years, you know, when you're dead <laughs> and sick or whatever. Well, it's always so rude. It happens to us all the time. What's funny is like, well, if I still feel this good and look this good in 10 years and I die, then great. Well, Okay. So we're getting your calcium score Mm -hmm. today. We're doing that. And we said this a thousand times. We feel so awesome that if, and what you just said is so true. If I walked around feeling this awesome all the time and dropped down, just dropped dead one day, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Because a lot of people are walking around sad, miserable, and sick. And they might live till they're 75, 80, 90, but they're going to feel terrible that entire time. I'm at the place now where I'd rather feel awesome and go early. Right. And and, and the thing is... is, (laughs) I don't want to go early. Everybody dies, okay? So nobody gets out of this alive. You could die tomorrow in a car wreck. Um, You could have uh, the toilet seat from the space shuttle could hit you in the head. Is that a thing? That's a total thing. Total thing. I don't think that's a thing. Anything could happen. So... Uh, you know, if you just want to feel good and you want to feel good every day to be able to do what you do and we feel great and we can do the things we want to do every day and that's how you're supposed to live your life. So if this is an unhealthy state, then I have some real questions about the grand plan. What is so freaking weird is how everywhere we go and people are like, you look so young, your skin looks so good. And then you tell people what, maybe not that particular person, you tell them what you do and they go, oh, that's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally, that's exactly what it is. Oh, that's not healthy. That's exactly, and we had a lot of those occasions over the weekend. So The last couple of weekends. So yeah, I'm 49. Uh, we went to a birthday party where a friend of mine is turning 50, and we went to high school together. And so there's a lot of people there that we know, and when, and it was fun. We love seeing our friends. It's great hanging out. But a lot of people have health issues, like major health issues. There's a lot of gout going around. There's talk to people about about gout, and and you know all these people are great people. There's, and I'm not gonna, trying to say that they're they're unhealthy or trying to be unhealthy. The thing is, they're they're all trying to be healthy. That's the thing. And then they talk to us about what we do, and then we tell them what we do, and we get that, oh, that doesn't sound very healthy. So um, I think my favorite thing, and all you carnivore people, I know that you have had this experience. Even keto. So let's just say you're keto. Let's start with keto and maybe you're carnivore, and you tell people what you eat. And mm-hmm. the first thing is like, so you don't, need, you don't eat any bread? No, we don't need, no, we don't eat bread. Oh. No, no sugar? No sugar? How are you going to yeah. have energy? Well, then when you go carnivore and you tell them all you eat is meat and, you know, so you eat fatty cuts of meat, so you get all your healthy fats. And they said, wait a minute. So if you're getting healthy fats, are you eating avocado? This weekend, I like had to just like, okay, an avocado is not made of an animal. So no, No. (laughs) that's not what we're doing. But we try to be, we, we honestly tried to not talk about diet at all. I didn't want to talk to Dad about any to anybody at that party that we went to this weekend. Right. But it always happens. It happens all the time. It does. And and the thing is we don't I don't mind talking about it, but I do make that when I go to a party, I don't go there to talk about I'm not. I don't want to lecture people. I don't want to make people feel like they're you know they're not doing the right thing. I, I don't do that. But we get the que- the questions start. I mean, you, yeah. you. The first time you haven't you haven't seen somebody in let's say twenty years, you know, 
They, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, you look great. What are you doing? Right. And when I say I don't want to talk about it, I mean I don't want to end up monopolizing the conversation for the evening. Right. I love talking diet. If somebody says, hey, I want to talk about diet with you, okay, do you have five hours for a start? But I don't like to monopolize conversation at a gathering like that. But it always seems to like you try to steer the conversation a different direction just because I want them to feel like, you know, I'm not just here to talk to you about diet all the time. Right. But then it happens, you know, and people end up apologizing to us because I'm sorry I talked to you so long about, you know, all my stuff. And you're like, man, this is what we do. We this love we do. doing this stuff. And that's a, that's a good point. We have made this our lifestyle. Like we, we work out, we, you know, we, we sit around the table and read books about salt and nutrition and, and different diets and how to be healthy. And, uh, you know, we've made it a point to, to kind of be the change that we want to see in the world. And what does that mean? Be the change is, is we don't take in sugar. So when we go to gatherings, we don't eat any of the cookies, cupcakes, all all that kind of stuff. And when people offer it, I, I make a point to say that, no, I don't eat sugar. Man, I even bring my own water. (laughs) I mean, I take my Yeti cup everywhere with water and salt in it and just sip on that the whole time. I don't don't even, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not using any of your stuff. Not because it's, you know, it's just, I feel more comfortable if I've got my cup. I feel like I'm participating, but then I don't have to like worry about it. I've got my water, got my salt. I'm good. Well, I often say when they offer me those things that I don't eat that shit. That's really that's true. That's, you do. That's my my comment, and it usually kind of gets them like, "What?" And then the other thing is alcohol. Like all these events have alcohol. Yeah, I know, and and all of uh, you know our age group. That seems to be um, kind of how we celebrate. And I know a lot of age groups do that, <laughs> but I know a lot of people when they get together, that's just something that's so normal and common for people. They just do it all the time. And then when we start, they start asking us, well, okay, so what on your diet, what can, what alcohol can you drink? And it's not that we can't drink alcohol. We can. I can do whatever I want. But my answer has become, I don't drink alcohol because it just does not line up with my goals. It doesn't make me feel well. It, it limits my performance. It, you know, it, it just doesn't line up with what I want to do with my life. Well, the reason, you know, if you drink alcohol, and, and for me, I'm, again, I've said this before, I've drank plenty of alcohol. You I, did I'm, enough for all I'm, of us. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite when, you know, up until probably my early 40s, I consumed plenty of alcohol. So uh, I, I have my fair share, and that's why I'm where I'm at. But it feels like the next day, like you poisoned yourself. Because you did. Because you did. <laughs> yeah. That's why you feel so bad the next day, because... You were literally taking in poison for the whole evening, and you poisoned your whole system, and now you feel horrible. Yeah, because your body just, I mean, and I think that a lot of people, if they really understood that, that when you put alcohol into your body, um, it just looks at it as a toxin. It, It identifies it as a toxin. The liver goes into high gear trying to get it out of the body. It's like everything else shuts down, and the body says, ah, toxin, poison, we have to get this out. We have to get this out of our body, of the body, 
So it starts going into high gear trying to get it out of there. And then, you know, it pulls with it a whole lot of other things like your electrolytes get off balance. And that's why people feel like total crap the next day. Right. They're dehydrated. And, you know, it's just not... It interrupts your sleep. It affects your, you know, your cortisol levels. Just all these different things that it does to your body that's just not beneficial. And people just look at it like, well, I just want to live. I just want to have fun. I want to live my best life. I always think about that. And I know Bill Cosby turned out to be a bad person. But it was funny when he was in his comedy special, when he was talking about the people who go out and drink. And they end up puking all night, and they're like, "I'm, I'm just, I'm here to have a good time," <laughs> and and that's what I see a lot, you know, within our age group, and and many age groups, you know, I'm just here to have a good time. Well, you're ending up over the toilet, you know, or on the toilet. It doesn't seem that fun, really. Well, what's hard for me is when it's it's somebody that is your friend, and you, and you want them to have a, a happy and healthy life, and you know they have medical problems. And you see them all the time drinking alcohol. That's a hard one. And and when they ask you what they need to do, and, and you say the number one thing is you need to stop drinking alcohol, and they say, well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. I know that's a tough place to be. And I know a lot of people, you know, in our keto and carnivore community probably have this same interaction with people when Mm -hmm. they're out. Yeah. So it's a difficult place to be in and you have to kind of separate yourself from it a little bit because you can't get too emotionally attached and involved in this. But, you know, I think you just lead, like you said, by example. And then when people ask, you tell them what you do. And like we talked about last week, how you frame what you're saying is really important to people, like the word invest in yourself, invest in your health, you know, rather than, you know, we do say sometimes you need to stop drinking this or drinking alcohol or consuming sugar. And, but it's an investment in your health. So do this for 30 days and invest in yourself. And it just becomes real important about how you frame it because you don't want to make anybody um, defensive. Mm-hmm. And that can happen real easily. Now, there's some people that do that do better drinking alcohol. It doesn't have the same impact on them. And if you know, if you drink every once in a while, and, you know, drink a couple beers, or you know, a lot of people like to drink bourbon or whiskey, and it, you know, it, you don't feel like it has any uh, direct negative impacts on you, then hey, you know, just and I hate to use the word, you know, everything in moderation because I think that's total BS. But for alcohol. It really does apply. I mean, if you're doing moderate alcohol, I'm not going to say that's going to destroy you, but uh, we're talking about people who binge drink quite a bit. Yeah, or just a con. Well, just a constant drinking. It's a constant daily, daily, daily drinkers. Always drinking. So uh, anyway, we're not going to beat that horse, or maybe maybe we will. I (laughs) I don't know, but it just to me, it's like if you really get serious about getting healthy, there's I'm going to be straightforward in my opinion on this. And this is strictly my, I'm going to say it's my opinion. I'm not going to say it's fact. But I am going to say my opinion is that alcohol has no place in a healthy lifestyle. That's just my opinion because I don't think that there are any benefits that come from it that actually add to your life. I think it detracts from your health. And if you're okay with the two steps forward, one step back routine, I think it's cool. 
for you, but for or for whoever. Mm-hmm. For me, like I said last week, I'm tired of starting over. I don't want to start over anymore. Right. I want to go. I just want to move forward consistently rather than the two steps forward, one step back, or three steps back. You know. Yeah, I think. I, well, I think you're right because I don't think you're going to achieve optimal health, like the best you can be. With alcohol in your in your diet, I don't know that everybody wants to achieve optimal health, though. I don't think everybody's really concerned about no, that. No, no, I don't think everybody is like, I need to be the best I can be to perform the best. I, I, it, I know everybody's not pushing for that. They're pushing for I just want to be healthy. Right, and that is what I'm saying. That's totally cool. If you like doing the two step, then you know, <laughs> with your health, that's great because a lot of people can live for a really long time doing that, mm-hmm. yeah. like doing the occasional binge drink or alcohol whatever or even the cheat meals and um you know going and eating a gallon of ice cream every now and right you know the cyclical keto type diet that some people do and for me personally i know i don't thrive doing that right and i'm not in the place where i want to do the two-step anymore i want to just march forward Continuously. Well, here's, here's the next the, the next uh, uh, step in this conversation is when you're talking about uh, achieving your your best health, especially if you already have some health issues. There was a, a really good you know article that came out and it was talking about how your immune system and your mental health are tied together, and your your immune system is your microbiome. They were they were just saying it in a different way. Your microbiome is what you know controls and triggers your immune system, and when you're drinking a lot of alcohol or or taking in sugar, you're suppressing your immune system because sugar destroys your gut. And it, it makes it way harder for you to absorb the nutrients that you need as, as well as just destroy your gut in general, destroy, destroy the good bacteria and grow the, the bad bacteria. So they're linking all that to a, a mental health system. Yeah, so like behavior, um, it, let's just talk about like, Kids hopefully aren't drinking alcohol, but <laughs> you know. But even adults have bad behavior. They do. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> adults have bad behavior, and they blame it and say, "Well, it, we just label it different. It's depression, anxiety, and all these different things." But it all translates to bad behavior. Yeah, it really does. And um, you know, adults have attention deficit disorder just as much as kids do, and all of these things that go on in the gut directly affect those that emotional makeup mm-hmm. of you know of the human uh, well, person and I, and I tie this back to you know my own personal experience with with my son because he was pretty much a, a, a normal kid up until uh, five ish right right around there and he had pneumonia so he had a couple of bouts of pneumonia and almost died and so he was on a lot of antibiotics and all his really uh, weird behavioral issues happened after he had taken all those antibiotics. Right. So before he had pneumonia, he didn't have a lot of extreme behavioral issues or interactional or social issue problems. But after that is when he really started, you know, when we had to take him to the doctor and he was he was on the autism spectrum and he was, you know, Asperger's and they started throwing all those uh, diagnoses around because we couldn't figure out why he was becoming so different. And then it progressively got worse till the point where we had to pull him out of school because he was completely non-functional in school, could not operate in that environment because he could not deal with any conflict or any social interaction. Right. And that, that all happened after he had pneumonia and was on antibiotics. And then he ate what I would consider to be a more plant-based diet. 
Right, because most Americans eat a plant-based diet when you get right down to it. Like we've said before, Mm -hmm. start with juice and cereal in the morning. Yep. And if you're not doing dairy, you're doing an almond or a A soy soy milk or a coconut milk or whatever kind of nut milk you might find now. There's a milk nut, nut milk or whatever for every single nut out there. And... You know, you start with that, and then people eat, you know, pasta for lunch. Pasta for lunch. Or a salad for lunch mm-hmm. with a little bit of meat, maybe. Maybe. And then pasta for dinner or whatever. And, and that's primarily what he was eating. He ate very little meat. He didn't—I he didn't. I know he didn't like it much, and he ate—I know he ate a lot of pasta, especially at his mom's house. I pretty much think that was all they, they, they had was pasta, it seemed like, and cereal. Right. So uh, a lot of times I know that she would give him cereal for dinner because he wouldn't eat anything else. Right. So that's it's, a primary plant-based diet. Yeah, and then when when I homeschooled him for two years, mm-hmm. and this is you know this is Steve's son from a first marriage, and he lives with us full time. So um, when we started homeschooling him in fifth grade, and we did that two years of homeschool, it was really a nightmarish at first mm-hmm. <laughs> because he could not take a ten question test like it took. Four hours. It was. It was so, and he would throw himself on the floor crying. So it was very difficult for me. And I realized at the moment, oh my God, we're never going to get rid of him as an adult if we don't do something. I know we had those like, conversations. He's going to live with us forever. Right. He could not. You could not take him out in public and have him make a decision on the selection of food that he was going to have because it became this huge ordeal that emotionally he lost control. Exactly. And so I started looking really into diet. And this is partly the other part of the story of how we came to to be eating this way, the way that we eat now. And it, it took a long transition and we started just, we just kind of rolled into it, started taking away sugar, dyes, all these different things that I, I was learning about these types of behaviors and what affected it. And then the gut bacteria when I started reading about that was such an eye-opener. And it was like, oh, if we can get the gut bacteria right, right, then we can get our emotions corrected and normal and our neurotransmitters working well. And it worked for us, too. So it was a, a win-win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes, you know, around Robin or our full circle is... He destroyed. We destroyed his gut bacteria with the antibiotics, multiple rounds of antibiotics, and then we never refortified that microbiome properly. It was it was still a desert down there, and he was not making the proper you know chemical signals going to his brain so he could operate normally. And that's where a lot of people get because it's the same thing with anxiety and antidepressant or psychotic medications. When people take these. They are suppressing their ability, one, to absorb uh, vitamins. Right. And it's destroying their gut microbiome. So they're on this complete downward spiral that they don't understand. And here's the sad thing is doctors don't understand either. They don't get it. Right. And we don't even understand the microbiome, really. I mean, nobody does. Right. We're discovering new things all the time. And what I heard the other day was the more we discover, the further we get away from the answers. I know, and that's true about uh, about the human body. It's just w- when you think of how many trillions of bacteria are actually in your gut, it it's mind-boggling that you know we can ever really understand it. But knowing that when it's compromised or we've killed it with antibiotics, that it's so important to 
rebuild that microbiome the right way so that people can um, alleviate stress, that kind of like uh, anti, get off antidepressants and relieve the depression, the anxiety. And I think a lot of people who have anxiety don't ever really connect it to food. Oh, no, not at all. And, because, but trust me, I know because I put that out all the time for people who post about it. Well, and people and, don't want it to be that. And they're like, I get called stupid, you're an idiot, you're an a-hole, all this stuff. Because I'm telling them it's diet. Yeah, and what's interesting is one thing that we were going to talk about a little bit today, which it seems like we got on a thing about alcohol, which what? is hilarious. I guess because we were around it a lot the last weekend or two. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, when you talk to people who have certain issues like, they have anxiety or they have gout or something, and they're like, yeah, I'm not giving up beer <laughs> or alcohol. You're like, okay, well. You have a conflict. It's a, Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hear that. But even people who do keto and they go really plant-heavy with keto mm-hmm. and they still have anxiety or like that nervousness or depression, even keto people sometimes don't connect the fact that the anti-nutrients and some of the foods they're eating, right? Yeah, like all those vegetables are actually binding to some of the things that your body needs and pulling it out, and they're keeping you in that cycle of having that depression or anxiety, which is really interesting. Oh, it is because there's there's a uh, you know you can do a a a vegan or vegetarian keto diet. It's out there. Yeah, you know you just gotta you gotta find another way to take in your your fats. I could not do that. Uh, that's uh, that's hard. <laughs> I did a regular vegan diet, and it was hard. Like back when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, it was hard then. And now I can't imagine doing keto vegan. I know people do it. People do it. People do it. More power to them. That is not the route I'm going though. Ever. No, no, it's uh, so. that's way too technical, and it's way easier just to eat eggs, bacon, sausage, and steaks. Yeah, I've found that this is like the easiest thing I've ever done, ever. Right, and that's, again, that's back to making your life, you know, just make your life simple. I, I see things uh, sometimes that people are, will talk about, they only buy, they only wear a certain pair of shoes, and that's it. They never buy anything different, or, or they wear one, one T-shirt. They only buy a T-shirt, and that's all they ever wear, and they're, they're decreasing the amount of decisions they have to make on a day-to-day basis, so they're free to deal with other decisions. I know, and I, I know we saw a video on, we didn't watch it, but it was some guy on YouTube, and he bought one black t-shirt, and he wore it for the whole year, and he was talking about how it changed his life. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel that way about how we eat, because we don't eat a big selection of foods, and when I go to the grocery store, I used to spend two hours grocery shopping, and it was decision overload. Like, what am I going to make on Monday? What am I going to make on Tuesday? And what ingredients do I have to have? I walk through the store. I'm done in 10 minutes. Like, And that's just because it takes a while to walk through the store and then go through the line. But I go straight to what I know I'm buying. Mm-hmm. I put it in the cart. You know, you go with me. I'm not a nightmare anymore in the grocery store. <laughs> Before, it was like, oh, my God, I think I'll just not go. Yeah, I'm just uh, pushing the cart around. 
trying not to run into people. Hoping it's like fantasy football season so you can like organize your team or something. <laughs> if it was ever a Sunday or on the weekend or a Saturday, I would have the phone on just watching football as we walked to the store because, you know. Yeah, because it took so long. I was as slow. I w- it wasn't even that I was slow. I just had so many decisions to make. And you take that away. And I, I can walk in the store and just be done so fast now. And it's so great. And I don't feel like I'm missing out right. on anything. Well, and, and, you know, and that makes it easier at home because we don't have huge conversations about what you want to eat. There's never a conversation <laughs> never, about... <laughs> that never happens because it's, hey, we, we want to eat steak or hamburgers for dinner. Or do you want to have scrambled eggs or boiled eggs? I mean... It's really that simple. You want to have bacon or sausage. So those are the extent of the conversations about what we eat that go on in the house. And it makes it easier for uh, our son, too, who can make his own food because he can cook eggs and sausage. Yeah, and it makes it easier for me. (laughs) (laughs) It makes it easier for everybody. That's awesome. So that's one way you can kind of like, you know, decrease the stress in your life is not having to worry about what you're going to eat. And I know a lot of people go the opposite they talk about how it's way more stressful because of things they can't eat. Yeah. I, you know, that's the other thing that I have been saying to people like for, for a while now. And I said it to you. It's just finding the way to separate. I said this to somebody at this party the other night who was talking about food. And I said, well, you know, you got to separate how much you love or how you feel about the food and how the food makes you feel. And she was like, whoa. (laughs) 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 Lightning bolt. But it's true. And a lot of people never really think about that. They that's what they do. When you start telling them what we eat, the first thing they go to is, but I love this. Ice cream. Ice cream. I'm gonna say that's the most common one. (laughs) But I love ice cream. I always hear Eddie Murphy in the back of my head. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream man is coming. Mom! <laughs> I always hear that in my head when someone says that because it happens so often. It does. And we understand. Ice cream is it's pretty delicious. Yeah, it is. But And I love it, too. I'm not going to say that I don't. No, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like ice cream. I, I, I do love like it. ice cream, but I don't eat it. Yeah, I don't eat it either. We were even making keto ice cream, and that didn't make us feel good. And guess what? I loved it, but I'm not eating that either. No, got rid of it. I separated how I felt about the food and how the food made me feel. The ice cream, even keto, gave me stomach upset and like a weird bubble. Like my stomach sounded like I swallowed a gallon of Pop Rocks. It was ridiculous. (laughs) So I can't eat that. I mean, I can if I want to feel like dog poo. But I've chosen not to feel like dog poo. Well, I mean, I remember knowing people that were, you know, uh, completely lactose intolerant. And they would eat ice cream even though they would be, like, in stomach cramps and on the toilet later oh, in yeah. the evening. And they, would, and they would be like, well, well, you know, I just like ice cream. And I'm like, but, but you're going to be on the toilet in, like, 30 minutes, man. <laughs> but you're, you're sitting on your throne for, like, an hour. <laughs> With uncontrolled <laughs> diarrhea, you know. And, and that's the length that people will go. And, again, just like you said, they can't separate, you know, how they feel about the food and how that food makes them feel. Right. And you, you, you'll get there at some point, trust me, but you got to be conscious of it. And that's the first step. It's like, you know. Well, I look at everything I eat now and I, 
I kind of assess how I feel before I eat it. And since I don't experiment much anymore, it's not that big a deal. But I, I stop and think, okay, right now I feel really good. I think about how my stomach feels, how my mental, you know, capacity is. Like, am I clear-headed? Do I feel good? Am I emotionally stable? Now I'm going to eat this food, and I'm going to see later mm-hmm. what's happening. Well, it's it's a weird world because and and you know it, people always talk about how they're woke. They've they've awoken. Uh, well, and this is kind of the same thing. And I had this conversation yesterday was a, a fantasy football draft that I was in. So it was a live draft. Everybody showed up at a you know sports bar and they were drinking beer and eating stuff. And I was drinking water because I wasn't going to drink or eat any of that food. Um, which again, they can do what they want. It's just my choice. And then uh, finds out one of the guys had just gotten out of the hospital and he had four stents put in. So mm. somebody that knew me is like, hey, you need to talk to Steve because... Oh, it's you know, another Steve? Well, no, his name was James. Oh, okay. They said, you need to talk to Steve because of he knows about diet. I was confused. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, I, I told the guy, hey, man, I'm, a, I'm about to present you with the red pill and the blue pill. And here's the deal. You got to decide which one you're going to take because everything I'm going to tell you goes completely against everything you know. It's just like the Matrix. Yes. Because he already said he was avoiding red meat. He could not have fat, no salt. All these things that he said that I told him, I was like, listen, those are all totally and completely wrong. These are all, this is all the bias he got from his cardiologist. Right. So, uh, you know, and, and here's a guy that had just dealt with a life or death problem. And I'm telling him that everything his doctor is telling him is incorrect. So it's, you're literally turning the people upside down. Well, and the first thing they think is you're not a doctor. You're, yeah, and and I and, and I, I understand. I completely understand, and I tell them up front, "Hey, listen, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, man. I've just done a ton of research. If you would like to read the research, if you're interested, I will send it to you. I will show you where they've never proven that red meat has anything to do with cardiovascular disease. Uh, fat does not make you fat. It has nothing to do with build up in your arteries." Uh, salt is not bad for you. All these things are completely unproven, and it's doctor dogma. Oh man, I'm still reading that salt book, <laughs> the salt fix. <laughs> the salt fix. Yeah, and the salt fix book is um, so eye opening. Uh, it was um, the some of the science was so bad. I mean, just so bad. So I recommend any of you guys who haven't read it read the salt fix. Um, I'm not going to pronounce the guy's last name because it's really long. No, you I'm, just don't like him. No, <laughs> it's Nicolantonio. I don't know. It's something. Nicholas Cage? Nicholas, no. That guy is multifaceted. Let me tell you. Nicholas Cage. No, it's not Nicholas Cage. But and what close. happened to Nicholas Cage, man? That guy is... Did his, he go on a vegan diet? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Because he looks really bad. Well, he never... He never looked that great. I'm a Nicolas Cage fan. I, a lot of his movies are great. They're entertaining, fun to watch. They're really fun. But I don't know what happened. Like, he only makes B movies now, and he looks it's really bad. It's so weird because there'll be movies that, like, I've never heard of on Netflix, and there's a Nicolas Cage. There's a lot of there's them, too. There's a ton of them. Man. And we started trying to watch one. Just, this is totally off subject, <laughs> but you guys are our friends. So, I don't remember which one it was, but we started trying to watch one, and it was so bad. Within the first five minutes, I was like, this is so bad. Yes. And we've made movies. Like, we've been involved in the process. We've we've been in in movies. We've seen them made. 
I can make better movies than that. It was terrible. Yes. So, anyway, you know, if anybody wants to make a movie, give me a call. Yeah. I posted about that the I'll, other day. I'll connect you with Spielberg. Somebody said, Rambo. Oh, it was Helen. I said, because I put, uh, if you know the movies that we've been in, name them in the, in the comments. And Helen said, Rambo. And I was like, <laughs> nope, not that one. Not that not one. Not quite. I think she was talking about you. Yeah. Probably not me. I don't know. Maybe she was talking about me. I deadlifted 215 pounds the other That's day. That's right. You said, proud of that. you said a PR. I did. All only eating meat. Right. Just saying. Yeah. I got that too. Like, how, how, you, do you not eat carbs and you work out? And I was like, you don't need them. And I got the blank stare. Like, what? <laughs> you don't need carbs? What? Yeah, you don't need them. Unfortunately, I'm, uh, again, I'm, I'm handing you that red pill, blue pill thing and just, just a little note on a personal note. I'm going to tell this on you. Oh. Um, you, Steve walked in. You, you have a belt that you've had for a long time. Yes. And you started in that belt on the on on the the closest, pretty much the the the, the furthest away or the fur, the closest to the end. The notch. biggest notch yeah. in the belt when we lived in Florida before we moved back here when we first started keto. Yep. You had you had. You were on the last end of the belt there. Mm-hmm, I was. And now, where are you at? I'm going to have to make new holes. Like, it's You're crazy. You're all the way at the end. I'm all the way at the end of the belt. And what's funny is you can see where I made my own, like, halfway point holes. Like, I would, you know, I got my knife out and I made an extra hole in the belt as I started going down. And I didn't, I didn't really realize it until over the weekend, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I went to the restroom and I was, you know, fixing my pants back. And I pulled my, my pants were falling down. I was like, my pants are falling down. So I pulled the belt. And there were no more holes to go to. And I was like, what happened? So you went from the the, the very first hole on yeah. the belt yep. to the last hole. And now you have to go past that and make a new hole. <laughs> yes, I do. So And all your pants are falling off. Yeah. So keto makes your pants, or carnivore makes your, fa- your, your, fans, your pants fall well, off. Well, I'm going to say carnivore with no dairy. This is week six. This is week six, no dairy. And it's still working. Like, it's still... I've probably lost ten pounds. Yeah. Because I was I was close to one ninety when we started, and I'm now down under one eighty. I don't know what I've lost. I'm like all women. I don't really lose weight like men do. I don't. I don't like you know weighing. It's not not a big deal to me. But I was. It looked like I was leaning out, so I started weighing just to see where my weight was going. Like what happened? And I'm a one eighty five. Like I've been one eighty five for years. Mm-hmm. Like or or a little bit higher. Uh, I was close to 200, probably right at, right at 200 before we started all of our diet stuff, and I, I dropped about 15 pounds to 185, and I and I've kind of just stuck there for years, which was wasn't a big deal, uh, but you know I kind of started creeping up a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. and when we went no dairy, I, the weight just keeps coming off. Well, and even more than the scale weight is when you put on your pants or your belt. That's the big deal, and that's what I always tell people: use something like that to measure because that's. Yeah. That's really the telltale sign right there. That's the that's the big deal because your weight's going to fluctuate by how much water, salt, you know, yeah. food, whatever, just day to day. Um, the the your body just shifts weight all the time because of the fluid. But all but, all the pants that I had like prior to us moving here in 2015 and before we started really on our huge diet journey, all the pants that I had that did not fit. Now I have to, if I don't wear a belt, they fall right off. So that's a big difference. That is a big difference. And that's, you know, that's one of those things where when people are saying, 
oh, what you're doing is not healthy. You don't know what's really going on. And they're putting on weight and you're dropping weight Mm -hmm. around your waist, which is like the major place that men need to focus on. It's the last place it goes away. Right. And in women too. And when you're dropping the weight from there and it's coming off that visceral body fat around the abdomen, you know, housed around those internal organs that are so important, we don't want a lot of fat there. So, you know, that's, that's, yeah, maybe I don't know what's going on, but it seems like everything's going really well, you know. Yeah. I feel great. I'm dropping fat. I sleep good. I work out. I put on muscle. Sex is great. I don't know. <laughs> but but that diet, man, it's, it's unhealthy. it's really unhealthy. It's going to kill you in 10 years. I'm sorry I had to throw that last part in because that's something a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that diet really does affect your sexual activity. Uh, yeah. And again, you know? it's it's one of those TMI things, but I'm telling you, uh, you know, when they when they joke about fireworks and explosions, it's fireworks and explosions, man. Thank you. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And if, if you want to get back to, you know, the fireworks and explosions that it used to be, you might, you might you want to might, really focus on a few things. You might want to try a carnivore diet. You might want to consult your yeah. uh, your spouse or significant other first, though. I'm really telling you, if we could just talk about that, like, really openly, um, that's a selling point for the carnivore diet. Your sex life is going to be amazing. Yeah. If you eat just meat. If you eat just a lot. Well, if you get everything figured out, you know, yeah. mainly eating meat and, you know, whether or not you can do dairy or not do dairy right. or, or too much artificial sweeteners. There's a lot. I mean, we're, we're, we don't want to make it sound so easy that it's like, hey, dude, just eat meat. You're going to be fine. People that have other health issues, it, there's a lot going on. And it's not, I, I want to say it's not as easy. It could be. But, you know, that's why we work with people because a lot of weird things happen on your journey. Well, yes, because while we're saying that, there's a lot of stuff that happens at the beginning. A lot of detox, a lot of crap comes out of your your stored fat. So you're, yeah, to yeah. reattack you. To, yeah, to, <laughs> you know? they're revolting. It's a revolt. Well, you know, when you start dropping fat, you start releasing all the talk. To- you lose the fat, but you lose the toxins too. Yeah, and they go swimming through your body. So you got to be ready for that. And that's where the coaching, the nutritional therapy, really does come in. Because a lot of people get very confused during that time because well, it's scary. This is originally why people went to doctors. They'd go to doctors and go, Doc, this is happening to me. And the doc would say, well, it's because of this, this, this is what you're doing. Doctors don't do that anymore. People go to the doctor and say, Doc, this is happening to me. And the doctor goes, here, take this medication. It'll go away. Yeah, I had this conversation with a few people this weekend that that's what happened at their doctor's office. It's exactly what happens. And it's not because doctors don't care. It's because they're over, mostly overwhelmed and they're only educated on how to use pharmaceuticals to treat symptoms. That's then, all they do. And then, you know, you go to the doctor and you get 10 minutes. Yeah, you 10, 15 minutes. You have an appointment minutes. with someone like me. And it's no less than an hour. Oh, geez. It's, if it, we can keep it to an if, hour. Yeah. If you can keep it to an hour, if I can keep it to an hour, I will. But, you know, just for the other person's sake. But, gosh, our normal thing is like we could go for three hours on a first appointment with somebody. Oh, our, our, our initial appointment has sometimes easily gone four hours. Easily. Don't let that scare you. Well, and it's because there's so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much... Because people have so many questions, and, and there's and we provide answers, and then if we don't have answers, we 
can find the research to provide you an answer. Yeah, because there's a lot of re-education that has to happen because a lot of people don't really understand. And I didn't either. They don't understand how their own body works. And that's, that's you know, that's just the way it is Correct. in our society. We don't focus on that. We don't make it a big deal. We've been told, you know, you need to eat less, move more. Okay, that's the recipe for weight loss. Well, that's not working. Well, that doesn't work. So now, now I'm really sick too. Yeah. You know, and so it's hard for me to eat less and move more. I feel like dog poo. And so now I'm just going to eat more and I can't move more and <laughs> I'm going to get sicker. And so it becomes a vicious cycle for people. It's really hard. And, it is hard. And you get you go to the doctor and you tell them I can't sleep. Well, here's your Ambien. I have anxiety. Well, here's your uh, here's your antidepressant yeah. or your uh, whatever pill they might give for that. And um, you know, or my heart's racing. Well, here's your high blood pressure medication. Medication, yeah. You know, it just goes on and on. Oh, and your cholesterol's high. Here's your statin. Well, now your joints ache. Okay, so what's a, what's a joint pain medication? So Humira? The, there's or, so many. I don't know they what keep their changing names them. are. There are so many people, and, and most of the people we talk to are taking, and this is not an exaggeration, at least 10 medications. Yeah. It's 10. Sad. So think about that. What are those 10 medications doing to your body? And, and what are the, the, uh, the conflicts within those medications that are going on? You, you don't know. And doctors don't know. You know, what's crazy is how often a person will get a prescription. And you guys know this. Somebody will get a prescription and it has a direct interaction, negative re- interaction with another prescription the same doctor wrote for them. Yeah. And that happens a lot because they're pressed for time. They're really not doing their research on that. And they just, oh, this symptom goes with this medication. I'm not going to worry about what other medications you're on right now. I got 10 minutes. Yeah. So, and that's what happened. And doctors are overwhelmed. They, they work 12, 15 hour days like in the clinic. And then they have a good five to seven hours of paperwork. Like they yeah, work like nonstop, overwhelmed. It's and it, it's going to break. Like the system is going to break, and you're going to be responsible for your your own health. Yeah, that's true. We are, and we and we should be. And you should be. Yes, you absolutely should be 100 percent responsible for your health. Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't put it in someone else's hands. You know, I mean, one one thing that is something that I posted posted about earlier this week was females and menstruation and how, you know, so often people will have cramps. Women will have cramps, not people, women. Men don't usually have this. So We have mental cramps. <laughs> we did read that one guy who was a transgender. Oh, let's not I, talk about Yeah, it. I can't because he thought he had a period. But anyway, whatever. So you'll go to the doctor. And this happened to me when I was 18 years old, 17 or 18, Go to my doctor, have cramps, and what did they do? Here's a birth control pill for your cramps. Well, that seems weird, you know? Yeah. It, and I didn't question it because, number one, I'm 17 or 18 years old. I didn't know. And now that still happens. It's this much farther down the road. We still have doctors that do that. And what does that do? It doesn't do anything for the underlying symptoms. No, it just screws up your hormones. It Synthetic hormones, and that screws up your natural hormone, and your endogenous hormone production. And then people have, you know, issues with getting pregnant later on. So there's a lot of 
issues with that. But that's what happens. You go to the doctor. We don't look at root cause. We just mask the symptom. Right. Band-Aids. So, so, you know, the bottom line is take responsibility for not only your health, but for your family's health as well, your children, your spouse, your parents, your, you know, everybody around you, you know, um, just let, let them know that you're there to help and there's, there's a way to get healthy besides just taking medication. And we can sit here and talk to you guys for like an hour about nutrition <laughs> and, and you can just turn us off if you want to, but we really do like, we really do. When we go out, we try to not monopolize this conversation. And I know you guys have the same thing happen to you. So hopefully some of our experiences can help you and you're just day to day with people. Yep. Maybe just reframing how we say some things yeah. to help someone else. Yeah. If you have suggestions or, or experiences you had, please share them with us. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, anything else to add? Nope. We just got to go. You got to go put that motor in the window for the car. And get and my, go get my calcium test. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah, about me that. Too. All right. Uh, we hope you guys have a great day. We appreciate you listening. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com. Thank you.